friends, welcome back to Conversations with Moon Body Soul. Today I'm very excited to be recording because we are celebrating seven years for Moon Body Soul being in business with our website. We actually launched on May 6th of 2016, so I'm a few days late in celebrating, but for very good reason. I was actually with my dear friend Karen, who you've heard, heard me talk about a lot on the podcast, I was holding a mother's blessing ceremony for her to celebrate her new baby that's on the way, um, which I'll totally dive in and tell you more about that. I'm actually writing a blog, so you can head to our website, click on the blog, and check out how to host your own mother's blessing ceremony. It is such a beautiful thing to do for an expecting mom. Most of the American culture around babies and baby showers is very much focused on the baby and there's these fun, silly games that you play, which I'm not dogging on. That can be a fun time, but this is just a little bit more of a special ceremony focused on the mom and her transition into motherhood. Um, We did a really beautiful string ceremony that you can read about as well as a foot bath ceremony and creating a little bath soak for her to use postpartum too. So that was absolutely beautiful. I really was honored to be holding that for her and seeing her with all of her friends and women supporting her. And it really filled my cup up this weekend. Of course, when you have a best friend and you meet their friends, it's just absolute magic to see the other women that they surround themselves with. I found myself many times just being like, wow, her friends are so cool. (laughs) Um, That must mean like I'm pretty cool. I'm a part of this group, which is really funny, but everyone was so awesome. I definitely made some lifelong friends, I think, this weekend and had some really valuable, important conversations. And yeah, it just really inspired me. So I'm coming back from a very full weekend with a very full cup. And today's episode, we are going to dive into seven things that I've learned these past seven years. Many of these are business centric, but honestly, when I think of these lessons, they apply so much in my life, not just with the business, but they are lessons that I've learned and I continue to learn and I continue to revisit as the years pass. So diving right in. We will start with number one, community is everything. That is something I have learned from the very beginning, how important it is to build a community, not only for the health of your business, but for your mental health, your emotional health, your own well-being. I find that I get more out of the community than anything else that has to do with Moon, Body, Soul and what I've created. From the very beginning, just letting people know what I was doing, bringing my close friends on it. They really supported me. So not only the community of customers and the people that have supported Moon Body Soul that I found through Moon Body Soul, but the community of people that made this dream possible. Because honestly, I would not be here without either one of those. The people in my life that have helped me through it every step of the way, but also all of the people that have supported me along this journey and this path that have shared with their friends or made an order or, you know, followed on social media and sent me messages and helped me continue this journey. Because honestly, it has had a lot of ups and downs as journeys do. And without the community, I don't think I could have kept going. Um, I don't think I would have made it this far without hosting my monthly moon circles because as much as that is an offering for other people, it is also so much uh, about my own healing and giving me that space to dive into my own stuff that I'm working on. So creating that community in Los Angeles when I lived there for, you know, the first five years of the business, I had monthly moon circles in person and that was so, so helpful. And then now after the pandemic and moving up into the mountains, hosting those online, like just having that connection with people, even if it's virtual, has been so powerful. Take it an even step further, the retreats, the events, anything where it's in person, that has been just healing and fulfilling and it makes me feel like I am doing something worthwhile. Um, It keeps me going. So community is everything. If you are 
starting something new or you're having a hard time, look to your community. Um, oh man, I'm about to tell you other lessons that I don't have on my list yet, but we'll just start with that. Community is everything. Go to your community. If you're looking to start something, start with community. Start telling people about it. Start talking about it. Um, start sharing with others what you're doing and they can support you along the way. Um, yeah, super valuable. The next lesson that I have written down is communication. Communication is so important. Communication with your customers on what they can expect from you, communication on lead times, how long it takes you to ship something, um, just keeping everyone in the loop helps tremendously, curbs people's expectations, makes it easier to communicate, like to have that communication open by giving everything up front. And I think I also believe this even with like product listings and things that I post, I think my product descriptions are probably a lot longer than normal people's because I just really want as much information as possible about the thing that I'm selling because I want there to be no surprises or, you know, no disappointments. So I very much believe communication is everything because mistakes are going to happen. They're totally going to happen, especially um, say someone places an order and you send the wrong thing or something ends up being out of stock or whatever it is, communication is number one. It's going to take a little bit longer. Reach out and let the customer know ASAP. I've learned that just by trial and error. If you, you know, just go about it without opening up that line of communication, that's where animosity builds. That's where people get upset. And honestly, I feel like I have the best customers on the planet. Like I've heard nightmare stories. I don't know if you guys follow small business memes. Absolutely hilarious, but also very upsetting to see how rude people can be to small businesses. I don't feel like I've really dealt with much of that. And I think a lot of that has to do with having communication be such a big part of my beliefs and just really trying to, to every step of the way, open that line of communication. I've said the word communication a lot <laughs> um, because mistakes are going to happen, which leads me to my next lesson that I've learned, which is mistakes are the best way to learn. They really are. I used to beat myself up so much whenever I made an error, if I messed up big making products or I sent the wrong thing to somebody or had the stock on the website incorrect and things oversold, whatever it is, spelling something wrong in an email subject line, that is like one of the things that irks me the most that I've done. Um, but those mistakes are the best way to learn. Like you will not do it again once you've learned it. Um, they are lessons that you have to learn. So they make a way bigger impact than just, you know, hearing a tip in a podcast. It's not going to sink in unless you've truly gone through that. Like it might, it might sink in. I'm not going to say it won't, but if you've gone through it and you've felt the ramifications of making an error, you're not going to make that error. It's not likely that you will make it again. This is something I've had to remind myself, but also anybody that I've worked with. So I've had different um, contracted employees help me with shipping and product making and customer service over the years. And it's been really hard to let go of control and to let someone in and to do the things for you. And one of the biggest things I have to remind myself when something comes up is like, oh, a mistake was made, but that's a lesson and it's not going to happen again because now the lesson has been learned. And that's something that I've tried to communicate to the person, especially if they're like me and they get really upset when a mistake is made. Just pause. It's just a lesson. Now you know it's not going to happen again. And along those same lines, like what I'm doing here with an online business, it's not life or death. Like I'm not a doctor. Any mistake that is made can be, you know, fixed and it's not something that's going to really make that big of an impact. Um, yeah, that's been something that I've just had to remind myself over and over. The worst thing that happens is like I lose a ton of money, which is definitely a lesson I've learned <laughs> when you are dealing with business and uh, you're funding it all yourself or you're taking out small business loans and things. 
yes, mistakes can be costly. That's true. But at the end of the day, no one's life is on the line. Um, and these things can usually be fixed and you won't make them again. You have to try new things to open yourself up and mistakes are the things that help you learn when you're trying those new things. So now that I've added in the rug making, the natural dyeing, I'm like really experimenting with new methods. I just have to remind myself mistakes are a part of it. Like I'm buying these silks. I have this vision. I do something incorrectly. It messes up like, okay, mistakes are a part of it. That's okay. I've learned that lesson and now I'm smarter for it. Next on my list, oof, this is one that I've had to keep relearning over and over and over. Validation can't come from social media or sales. I get trapped in this and I have to relearn it. Um, largely, these things are out of our control. They also don't mean anything about our worth as a human being. So I can put so much work and effort and an update and, you know, spend hours on photos or the time it takes to die or make something and I put it out into the world and it doesn't sell, it can be so hard for my mental health to not get wrapped up in that that has anything to do with me and my inherent worth. Same with social media, posting photos or videos, taking a long time to, you know, edit a reel and put it out there. Maybe you're sharing something super from your heart and heartfelt and it just doesn't get received it gets buried in the overwhelm of social media it can be upsetting for sure and then i also can feel very stupid for being upset by it but it's something i've had to learn to detach my worth from my business and when i go back and i look at my journals over the years that's something that i've always had trouble with it's been a lesson i've had to keep relearning that no matter how things are going, it has nothing to do with me as a human being on the earth. Um, it is kind of crazy to me. I struggle with this idea that we like have to make a living. We live in this capitalistic society. It's a conversation I had this weekend with someone at Karen's uh, blessing, but you have to figure out how to sell yourself because it is the only way to get your stuff out there and it can feel gross and grimy but it's a part of it if you want people to find your find your stuff because at the end of the day you do have to make a living bills are due you have to pay rent there's a cost of living which i absolutely hate that phrase but we are currently in a capitalistic society and unfortunately you have to worry about sales and making money so it's really hard when that is something you have to deal with, but you have to separate your internal worth from that. So if I have a bad month or a bad couple of months, it can get really hard mentally for me thinking that, well, then I'm not worth anything. But that's so not true. Especially if you talk to your loved ones and the people near and dear to you, they could care less how much money you've made, how many sales you've made, how your business is doing. It, it really has nothing to do with you as a person deeply inside. And that's something that I want to work on with therapy. That's something that I've come back to over and over and over. And also just my like worries around that. They're very, very real. So yeah. And then with social media, so that's mainly with sales, but then with social media, like it has just been a beast. It changes. This is something that I talk about with my small business mentees that I work with. Uh, you can't get wrapped up in those numbers because like I said at the beginning, community is everything. Those numbers actually do not matter at all. If you have quality people, that matters way more than the quantity of people. Having 159,000 followers on Instagram means absolute bullshit. That number is such bullshit. <laughs> um, at one point, it got up to like 181,000 and it just kept growing and growing. And I was like, oh my God, there's nothing that'll ever stop this. This is amazing. I have so many people supporting my work. And yes, it feels good. Like there's that many people looking at my work. But that number has just diminished over over time. The algorithm controls what people see. So even though thousands and thousands of people have decided to hit the follow button, that does not mean they're going to see your stuff. So you can't get tied up in 
it's not worth anything if you don't get likes or views because it's out of your control. If, if you start focusing on that, you're focusing on the wrong thing. And you'll start doing things just to appease an algorithm instead of doing things from your heart and, and following your vision of why you even want to be creating what you're creating or selling what you're selling. So disconnect yourself from that as much as social media makes us want to believe that it matters to have millions of followers and likes and validation. If you get your validation from those outside sources, it's super unhealthy. It can change at a drop of a hat and um, yeah, you don't have control over it as much as you they want you to think you do like, oh, if you just post this many times a day and you do reels and you include captions and they give you all of these lists of things that you can do to help. At the end of the day, it's a fucking algorithm. Pardon my French. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter and it has nothing to do with you. That's something that I work on with myself and with my mentees because it's easy to get wrapped up in that. And it's easy to look at people. Like if you looked at my page and you saw my following, like, oh my God, she must be doing amazing. It means nothing, you guys. It means absolutely nothing. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, my next lesson that I've learned is that there are no rules. When you start something, you're creating a company or you're sharing your vision, there's no rules on how you can do it. Like, yes, there are some things that you have to do, like file for business license and taxes and all of that stuff, but there's actually no rules on how you do things. There's no rules with your schedule. There's no rules on how fast you need to ship a product or what you need to keep on hand at all times. There's no rules saying that you have to grow, 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 which is a, another huge lesson that I've had to kind of stop myself with of this like constant need for growth if it's impeding on my mental health or my well-being, or my lifestyle, but there are no rules. You make the rules. You make the rules. You make your schedule. That's been a blessing and a curse. In the past, I've definitely overworked myself because there is no schedule. So not having a nine to five or an office that I go into or these set hours, it can be detrimental because then I just overwork and I blow through and I have, you know, crazy 12, 14 hour days, or I work three weeks on in and I don't give myself a weekend. So that can be kind of a curse, but it can also be a blessing because I can take time off whenever I want. I can decide that I'm going to take a week here and I'm going to do something completely different. I have found over the years that having a little bit of normality with schedule or trying to make sure I give myself those two days of break, like a weekend, is super, super helpful. Because there's always going to be something on your to-do list to do. Like you, if you, if you like give yourself that space of free time, know that you will always be able to do something. So don't let having something on the back of your mind like, oh, I need to do that, stop you from giving yourself free time because you'll always have something that you need to do. It's just so true. Especially if you're running a small business like I am pretty much by yourself you have so many responsibilities. There's always something you can be doing to improve or a task that you you must complete. So work in those breaks. Because there are no rules, you have to kind of set the rules. I found that giving myself those parameters is super, super helpful. Also, with there being no rules, that means that nobody is holding you back but yourself. That's a, a conversation I had this weekend with somebody I met and I I just opened my eyes. No one's telling me I can't do something. I'm the one that's stopping myself from doing something. Very similar with this podcast and taking that three-year break. No one told me, like, you can't record a podcast. It was my own self getting in my head after taking such a long break with COVID and then being like, yeah, I'll get back into it. I'll get back into it, get back into it. And it turned into this big, big thing that suddenly three years went by. <laughs> Um, and I got in my own way about it. So you have to set the rules. You make the rules. Maybe maybe that should be the lesson, not there are no rules, but you make the rules. Because I do think it's powerful if you set yourself up some parameters and you give yourself some structure. That's number five. Number six, which I've almost said like three times in this episode already, but I've been trying to, to wait and hold it for this. Number six, when things get hard, come back to your why come back to why you are doing this in the first place. I've had so many hiccups and bumps in the road 
And if I sit in those and I get worked up and I let that just convolute my thoughts, it's really, really difficult. But if I remember my why for doing things, then I see the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, this is why I'm doing it. Same with getting caught up in validation or low sales or posting on social media. It can feel like nothing's working. But if I come back to my why, which I'm nailing down my why more and more, but I want to make people feel good in their bodies. Like when I come back to what it is, in the beginning it was, I want women to care for themselves with my self-care products. I want them to connect to themselves. Now I'm realizing it. I want you to feel good in your body. I think that's really what it is. I want you to feel good in your body. I want you to come back to your beautiful self. That is what it comes down to. So if I post something from the heart and it gets no interaction whatsoever, but maybe there's one person that sees it and it means something to them, it helps them connect back to themselves. That's all that matters. If I come back to my why, that is what matters. If I get wrapped up in, oh, I need to make this much money, I need to hit these goals, I need to surpass myself from last month, I need to grow, 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 that it makes the why go on the back burner and you can lose your momentum even for go- keeping up and going. And your my things that I've been producing, they'll lose their energy without the why. It loses its power if I don't go back to the why because things do get hard. Hours do get long. There are times where I need to work, you know, late into the night or I have these deadlines that I need to get to or there's orders waiting and they need to go out. The thing that gets me through it is not just drinking copious amounts of coffee and not sleeping. It's coming back to my why. I try to remember every package that I wrap up that it's so important. Every single one is so important because they are arriving to a person that is going to open it and I want them to feel something inside themselves. I want it to help them connect back to themselves. That gets me through the hard times. Come back to your why. Come back to your why too when insecurities get in the way, especially, I mean, not just in the beginning, especially in the beginning, even now insecurities come up, get in your head. I get in my head, I should say. Um, And when these insecurities come up, coming back to the why is all that matters because being a presence on social media, it can start to feel like, oh, this is about me or like hosting these moon circles or retreats like, oh, this is about me doing this. It's not at all. It's about holding that space for others to connect to themselves. It can help me get out of my way. It can help me better hold that space because it's not about me at all. And I try to remind the beginning of every circle or ceremony that I lead, I'm just a space holder. I am guiding us through this, but this isn't about me. It's about you listening, connecting, finding that relationship with yourself. So that's my why. Your why is probably totally different, but if you can get really, really clear on the why, you can use that as an anchor to come back to again and again. Um, Even with other goals in your life, I feel like if you can remember your why for doing something, it can help you not get lost along your path of whatever it is you're trying to do and call in. Okay, lastly, the lesson that I am learning big time right now, again, is that everything changes and it really should change. Um, I'm trying to embrace this one as I shift and I grow and I decide what I want to do with Moon Body Soul because you have to remain passionate about the things that you do. They have to fulfill that why that I keep coming back to. So although I love crystals and minerals so, so much and they've been amazing for my business, they've really been like the way that I've been able to do so much are the sales of these crystals and minerals. And I have just the most fun picking them out or mining them. Like I connect to them in a big way. But over time, things can start to feel monotonous, especially with these very literal heavy things like crystals and rocks. It can be a lot. 
and doing it day in and day out over and over, um, the monotony can get really, really tiring. And I decided like, okay, I want to do something else. I want to find my passions again because I have really enjoyed this, but am I still passionate about it? And if I were to talk to somebody who's like a business expert, they would say like, look at your business. What's doing the best? Focus on that. Only do that. Okay. That would mean that I would focus on selling rocks and crystals forever. Um, but that is, does not light me up inside as much as trying something new right now. So I'm sure you've definitely seen if you're a follower of my online shop or you get my emails, like I have less and less done that as I've dove into other projects like botanical dyeing and rug making and learning new things. And from a strictly business standpoint, horrible idea. (laughs) Not only am I diving into like new territory and having to educate people and, you know, kind of share with them why I'm doing this and why it's important and totally get new people on board because most of my customers probably really love the rocks and crystals. And now I'm offering something completely different and new. Um, Not only is there that, but it's also just not as lucrative to do these things. It takes a ton of time, a ton of hours go into the dyeing, and you can only charge so much for a scarf. Um, The materials are costly. If I'm not growing the dyes or the plants myself, it's super costly. There's a a step where you have to treat the fabric with mineral salts and those are costly. There's just a lot of time, energy, effort, and finances that go into this new project. And it's not something that I can do on a grand, grand scale to, to bring in a lot of money. So from a business standpoint, someone would tell me I'm crazy, but from, from a fulfilling standpoint, it is so much more fulfilling to me right now to play with these colors and dyes and flowers and plant stuff and create stuff. It really has brought me a lot of joy and it means so much to me that somebody would want to wear something that I've created or a vision I had or a flower I grew that then I printed onto a fabric. Like that brings me a ton of, ton of joy more than just me finding a really, really cool crystal, someone connecting to it and buying it. I still love that so much, but I am exploring these other avenues where I get to be a little bit more creative. I get to surround myself with these beautiful fabrics and colors and feel them and touch them. It's I'm very tactile in that way, which crystals, I definitely love the tactile feelings of them too and their colors and things, but I'm trying something new. So with this the seventh lesson that change is okay and it's bound to happen, I I think that is so important. And at the end of the day, if this business is run by me, this one person trying to do it all, I have to make sure that I'm happy. As much as like my financial needs need to be met, which is difficult and challenging when you're trying new things. Um, I have to follow my, my heart, my bliss, my things that light me up. So change is okay. Change uh, is is necessary. Everything changes over time. And I also think the community around crystals and minerals has changed so much. When I started selling them in 2017, it was, there were not many people selling them online. There were like a few Etsy sellers, a few websites. It is not like it is today. There are so many people selling crystals online. So as much as like I've kind of lost my passion for it, it's also become a really saturated market as well. Um, So this lesson about change is also a lesson about letting things go. And I'm not stopping completely because I love the crystals and minerals so, so much. I definitely still want to host mining retreats. When I stop and I ask myself, what is the part of this that brings me the most joy, for sure it's bringing crystals out of the ground. In 2019, when I held a mining retreat in Arkansas, seeing people's faces light up when they're taking them out of the earth themselves and getting completely surprised by what you're going to find 
it's it's magical. It's truly magical and it really connects you back to these are from the earth. So many things around us are man-made, especially solid items, but these crystals and rocks with these colors that are out of this world where they create rainbows when the light hits them, they're made in the earth. This beauty, this incredible thing comes from the earth. No other human has touched it before. Like that is amazing. So I definitely want to host more events and retreats that involve finding these crystals yourself for sure. And as I get connected to or I find crystals along the way, I definitely will sell them and share them with people. But as far as focusing so much energy and doing what now feels monotonous to me of taking millions of photos and editing and uploading and shipping, it's just a lot, a lot of work. I'm still working on the letting go part because so far all I've done is added to my plate by adding these new things that I really enjoy, like the rugs and the the plant dyed things. I've definitely just added more and more to my plate. Um, but I do know that what I focus on and what I share is what usually people are attracted to and what sells. So I kind of just need to decide where I want to put my energy and my focus and trust in that, you know? You have to trust in your crazy ideas and follow what you really want to do. Because at the end of the day, like, if you're not enjoying it, what's the point? Those are seven things that I've learned these past seven years. I mean, I could get into some specifics with each one of these, and maybe I should have because this is kind of a quick episode, but it's been a lot. It's been a lot, and I've definitely felt overwhelmed at times. I felt run down and burnt out, and I've had to pick up the pieces many times, but when I come back to the why, and I come back to the community, and I come back to the lessons that I've learned, and how much it's taught me about myself. I'm so grateful for this. I'm so grateful for you listening to this. I'm so grateful if you've supported this in any way because this has been such a huge part of me living a life that I love, being able to do this. Which maybe I should have started this episode with a little history about Moon Body Soul. That would have been really smart. (laughs) Maybe I'll do that right now. Um, so if you don't know, in 2015, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition, Hashimoto's thyroiditis. It's a hypothyroidism condition. Your thyroid, the butterfly gland in your throat area, it is your body's thermostat. It's your body's, uh, hormone distributor. It does a lot of really important things. And I was having a lot of issues with my hormones and my cycle, and I was going to an acupuncturist and Chinese medicine doctor, and they started feeling around in my thyroid, noticed that it felt enlarged, and suggested that I go get blood work done as well as an ultrasound of it. So I went to a Western medicine doctor, I got my blood work done, I got an ultrasound, and The ultrasound definitely showed swelling of the thyroid, which is the thyroiditis part. And then my blood work showed presence of antibodies, which which is the Hashimoto's part. And Western medicine will tell you that it's the body attacking itself. I don't really like to think of it that way. It feels really disempowering to think that my body's doing something horrible to itself. Um, So I'm kind of disconnecting myself from that. I'm going off on a tangent here. But basically, there's not that much known about why this condition happens and in the western world there's only like one or two different medications that you treat it with and once you get on those medications you're on them for life because your your thyroid stops working and doing what it normally does because the medications take over so you're usually on them for life um my levels weren't to the point of needing medication right away my eastern doctor told me to 
look at my life and look at all of the ingredients and things I'm putting on my body and in my body because a lot of things can mess with your hormones. There's a lot of endocrine disruptors, estrogen mimickers, ingredients in, you know, body products and lotions and makeup and hair products. There's so much. And then also in the food supply and the ingredients that are used, preservatives and even the way things are packaged. So that just kind of blew my life wide open. Um, she told me to stop eating gluten because gluten can mimic that same antibody. So it just makes your thyroid fight harder. Yeah, my mind was blown. And then I asked the Western doctor about that. And I said, is there anything I should be doing with my diet or my lifestyle to help this? And she literally said, no, she was like, no, she's a little bit of an older woman. I don't know how old, but I remember her being very stern, being like, there's nothing that your diet or nutrition can do to help this, which I'm sorry, but if we're putting food in our day or food in our mouth multiple times a day, it's definitely doing something to our bodies. Definitely. Even if we don't fully understand it, it matters. <laughs> um, so I was kind of like taken aback by that response that it means nothing and there's nothing I can do to help. But I decided to follow what my Eastern doctor was telling me. I cut out gluten, which was so hard in the beginning. <laughs> and I decided to really look at my products and what I was putting on my body as well. And I noticed at the time in 2015 that all of the bath bombs that I was using and soaks and lotions had so many ingredients in them that not only have been found to be harmful, especially in other countries, some of them are outlawed, especially the dyes um, in foods and body products and things of that nature, but also a lot of those ingredients, they don't really have a benefit at all to the person using them. It's just for the product itself to either look a certain way or have a certain, you know, hardness or whatever it is. So I was in the bath one night and I was looking at this bath bomb that I was using and it said 98% natural. And I just kind of had a moment of like, okay, well, what about that 2%? Like what is in there that needs to be in there that um, isn't of this earth? Because I also strongly believe that everything we need is on this planet. I just, and oh my God, since moving up here, I have that feeling more and more. I go outside and there are all these herbs and things growing wild that no one ever planted that have so much benefit to us. There's wild nettles and calendula and milky oats and just, it's all over the place. These very medicinal, medicinal things are just growing everywhere, which I was so disconnected from that in the city because you forget that these earthly things are surrounding us at all times. So I set out on a quest to make a natural bath bomb. And at the time, Bentley was designing websites for people. And he always told me, if you ever want a website, you ever want to sell anything, like, let me know, I'll design it for you. And so I called my mom because I knew she had made bath bombs in the past. And I asked her to teach me how to make bath bombs. And she said, yeah, sure. And I was visiting Kansas. At this point, I lived in California. I was visiting Kansas back home in a couple months. So we went home, I believe this was actually May or June, sometime in the summer of 2015. She taught me how to make a bath bomb and she had ingredients there that I was just like, well, why are we using this? Polysorbate. Why are we using this? Um, she had fragrance oils and different things. And most of the time, you know, those are the colored with dyes. And I was just questioning kind of everything. And I thought, okay, now that I kind of know the process of making a bath bomb, you do your wet ingredients, dry ingredients, it's a lot like baking. I thought, oh, I'll just go home and I'll make it natural. But it actually took me a year to crack that. I took out all of the ingredients that I did not find a benefit to the bather. And I tried to only use ingredients that benefited the, ba benefited the bather and were from the earth that didn't have any synthetic chemicals, fragrances, colors, things of that nature. But it took me a year to crack the code 
and to get this bath bomb to hold together and work. But then came figuring out how to package this bath bomb, which I realized the only way to really get the smell to stay because I'm using these natural essential oils for smell and fragrance, which definitely evaporate in the air, so you need it airtight. The only option at the time was plastic. And then also, if I'm going to be selling these online and shipping them to people, I need a way for these to ship without breaking because they are pretty fragile. Most of those ingredients that I talked about being in the bath bomb, they are only meant to hold the ball together. And not only um, synthetic ingredients, but even natural ingredients like cornstarch are in some bath bombs, which when you look at, is that a benefit to the bather? No, it dries the skin out. So what I'm wanting from a bath is to get completely nourished, soft skin, no drying out of the skin. And also there is some mixed um, information on there if cornstarch can cause yeast infections as well. So I didn't want to use cornstarch, but I finally did crack the code and then packaging came and I was using plastic to package these in. I also, at the time, I had so many failed bath bombs because as I was trying to make them, they would just fall apart on me. They would crumble. And that's also what created the moon dust because I had all these failed recipes happen, but they were still really high quality ingredients. I wanted to use them. So that's how I created the moon dust. I put all of those same ingredients in a bag with Epsom salts and topped them with flowers. So that mistake actually was a really beautiful lesson. It created something really gorgeous. So I was selling the bath bombs, which I called moon balls and the moon dust bath soak and body scrubs to start with. And I launched in May of 2016. I remember it was Mother's Day weekend when I launched and it was, you know, I built this up in my head that, oh my God, this is going to be such a fantastic launch. I have like 2000 followers on Instagram. Everyone's going to buy something. Oh my God, I was so naive. I launched and like, I think two things sold over the entire weekend, which I was very grateful, but I also was just, my expectations were way higher than that. (laughs) But I kept after it. I kept sharing. I kept creating. I did a lot of different collaborations and just slowly, you know, word got out and things continued to grow and it was awesome. And then I went to the gym show in 2017 with a friend at the time and I had told my mom, like, I think I want to do crystals. I think I want to sell crystals. And I told Bentley that as well. And I was planning on starting an entirely different company focused on crystals, but the feedback that I received from them and my community of friends was like, oh no, you should just do it all under Moon Body Soul. Like they're very, they go well together. You should do it together. So I listened to that advice and I went to the gym show in 2017 and brought home crystals. And my very first crystal sell is my friend Lexi, who you hear me talk about a lot. She bought a crystal from me online. My very first sell, it was a smoky quartz tower. And we became best friends from that sell. Um, So that was really magical. And then I made the balm next. So Bentley got in a car accident. He got whiplash. I was trying to create something that I could massage on him. And he loved it. I kind of just created it on a whim. I didn't like look up how to do any sort of recipe. I just created this balm with some ingredients I had on hand. He loved it and said like, you need to make this a product. So I made a few and I gave them out to friends and family. They all loved it. That's how the balm was created. In 2018, I was really overwhelmed with work. I had been working full-time at a tech company in Venice and we had moved to the east side of LA. If you know LA, we had moved like pretty much an hour with traffic, um, only 20 miles, but an hour of drive time. Uh, to this big loft that had this commercial kitchen to focus on the bath products. And I had been working full-time still uh, for that year, commuting, working full-time, doing Moon Body Soul in the mornings and the evenings. And I kept asking people, like, how do you know when it's your time to, to focus fully on the business and quit your job? And everyone just kept giving me the same answer, which I hated, which was like, you'll just know. I thought that was so lame. (laughs) There was a morning, I believe it was like March of 2018, where I woke up early to work on my orders and to go into work. I would like package them in the morning. I'd go into work. I'd go to the post office. I'd come home. I'd work on like marketing stuff. And then 
do it all over again. And I remember that morning I woke up and I was so overwhelmed, so stressed out. I, I just said, I can't do this anymore. Like I have to quit. I think this is it. I think is that this is the feeling that people say, like, I know I could focus so much more on this. I could grow this into something bigger. Like I have to quit. And so I went into work that morning, like the whole drive, I'm quitting, I'm quitting, I'm quitting. I get to work and I'm like, oh God, this is comfortable. They give me a regular paycheck. My job's relatively easy. The company culture was badass. I had so many friends there. And I remember sitting down thinking, I don't know if I want to quit. Like, this is pretty awesome. But I'm like, no. Remember how you felt this morning? Like, you definitely wanted to quit. So I asked my manager if he would go on a walk with me. And I kind of just told him, like, hey, I want to focus on other things. He was actually a friend of Bentley and, and my friend now, having worked with them for so long. And he was so supportive about it. And so I put my two weeks notice in and I quit. I think it was March of 2018. So fast forward, um, I focused solely on Moon, Body, Soul after that. And things really revved up fast. They just, wow, things took off. The crystals took off. The bath products were selling. I started adding different soaks I decided I wanted to rid my line of single-use plastics, I believe, in 2018, which meant I had to let go of the moon ball, which was, again, a big lesson in letting go and change. And that was a hard one for me, but I let go of the moon ball. Like, they were super time-consuming. They used a lot of single-use plastic. I used to always, like, share how you could reuse the packaging it came in and, you know, recycle this and that, but I really did want to let go of the single-use. I... Um, completely got rid of the moon ball, focused on the dust, added different dust. I started getting help. I hired some people, um, contractors to help me make the products. I would have people come in. And at the time too, I had so many friends come help me. Like I can't thank them enough. And I really got to learn how to let go and let others help. Cause that is a big lesson. Like you think you have all of this knowledge and you know everything and no one could do it as good as you but you can't do everything you have to delegate that is just how things grow in a healthy good way so i started hiring people and inviting people in to help me and i never could have grown without them it really was so amazing to have people helping me and i've worked with a, a few different people throughout the years um, but that has been something that really, like, I was able to focus on growing the business and doing other things when I had the help with the product making and the shipping and things of that nature. And then in 2018 or 19, I started the podcast, which obviously absolutely love. Also in 2017, actually, I got a 200-hour level certification in yoga. So I'd already been teaching yoga for, like, four or five years with a certification that I got in college back in Kansas and I'd worked at gyms and really it was more fitness-based. But in 2017, around the same time that I was working full-time and doing all the things, I also was doing a yoga certification on the weekend with my teacher, Jana Romer, who you can hear her on previous podcast episodes. Then I started also teaching yoga once a week at Love Yoga on the East Side and holding circles. I'd been holding circles since moon new moon circles since 2017 i believe as well i was doing all the things really enjoying it started the podcast really loved that because like i said communication and community are so important and i i really do enjoy talking <laughs> as i'm sure you can tell um but then the pandemic came in 2020 and i just kind of stopped and it really shook up the whole world um, so many people's lives changed. I honestly find a big silver lining in it all. I don't think we would have moved here. I don't think I would have changed what I'm doing as much. Um, I was sad that I took such a big break from the podcast, but at the end of the day, that was my choice and I was processing a lot of things. Fast forward, here we are. We moved up here. I didn't really have much support. The, most of the community in person that I built that helped support Moon Body Soul was in LA. Moving up here, I've taken on a lot of the roles and responsibilities, and it's just kind of shaken things up to help me decide like what is worth my time, what do I enjoy the most, do I really need the support still, where do I need support. I'm still figuring those things out. And this year, after playing with the idea of offering the small business mentorship, 
I finally did it this year. So over the years, I've unofficially mentored a few different people, which I've really, really enjoyed, but I've always said, like, I want to offer this. Like, I actually want to do this as an offering and share with people that this is something I do. And it took until this year for me to finally do it. You can find more info about that on my website, but I started doing that. I really, really love it. This year, where I'm at, my goals for where I'm going, I want to keep connecting with people. That is huge for me. I love it so much. I love the circles. I love the retreats. I love the one-on-one mentoring. Uh, As you heard me talk about in my last podcast all about psychedelics and psilocybin, I I really want to get into maybe even some sort of psychedelic coaching. There's just a lot that I want to do um, that comes down to connecting with others. And then this past year is also when I added on all the dying the rug making, exploring some other creative pursuits. I want to keep focusing on that as well. So I think there's a lot that I'll probably need to let go of. There's going to be a lot of change. There's also another little side passion project that I have going on with Bentley. We're creating something together right now that I'm going to share really, really soon. Kind of has nothing to do with Moon, Body, Soul. We might have a little like crossover uh, product, but I'll tell you more about that later. It's like in the birthing stage right now. Um, But yeah, thank you. If you've listened this far, thank you. That was kind of my long-winded history and lessons that I've learned from having Moon Body Soul. It's been the best, really. Even the hard times, even the difficult and challenging times and just feeling like I want to quit and I just want to go get a full-time job, which that does come up a lot, you guys. I'm going to be real. It does. I I cannot thank you enough for the past seven years because this has been really worth it and really fulfilling. It really touches me. And getting to like message with you and hear from you about how something that I've either created or somehow rehomed to your hands, how it's made you feel or maybe how the podcast has made you feel, or a moon circle, like that is what keeps me going. That's my why. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here, for supporting me and celebrating Moon Body Soul in seven years. And I'm going to do something special. I don't know what it will be, but there'll be an email with some sort of special promotion for seven years. Um, yeah, just gratitude. I can't thank you enough. I'll be back with another episode soon. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations with Moon Body Soul. Be sure to follow if you don't want to miss an episode. If you liked what you heard, leave a review and a rating. And if you want to email over any special guests or topic suggestions, email hello at moonbodysoul.com.